Oh, good morning. My name is Greg Beischer. I'm the president and CEO of Millrock Resources. We're a project generator company that uh, does early stage exploration, focused primarily in Alaska, but also Sonora State, northern Mexico. Greg, good to see you. We tried to hook up uh, when you were in London. Uh, didn't kind of work out. Dars didn't kind of work for us, but we, we talk at last. That's good news. Um, so where are you now? Where are you, where are you Yeah, no, out? I'm uh, back home in Alaska. The weather's great here. We've got lots of sunshine this time of year, obviously, and our exploration season's well underway. Fantastic, fantastic. Hey, well, look, it's the first time we've met and spoken, so I think it's kind of important that we kind of lay things out for the folks watching and listening to this. So you are a prospect generator, not much understood. Not So why don't you define that for us so we understand the vocabulary first? Sure. Well, you know, we specialize in early stage exploration. So that's, uh, you know, uh, where we're actually often working on conceptual targets, uh, trying to imagine where uh, the next giant uh, metal deposit could be. Uh, of course, this is the highest risk part of the entire mining industry, but upon discovery is the ones that can bring the most reward. A brand new big mineral discovery can increase share price many times over. And so that's what we do. So uh, to reduce that inherent risk, we've adopted uh, a business model that allows us to mitigate some of that risk. And we do that by having a quite a large basket of exploration projects, all of which are funded by joint venture partners. So other mining companies, other exploration companies earn their way into our projects by funding the exploration. Okay, and, and interesting. So in fact, risk mitigation is really, really important. Having a basket of, of, of projects funded is good. Um, but even before that, point prospect generators you, you got to look at data you got to look at information which gives you some sort of sense of where what 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 could work i get the numbers game but i want to understand what do you do pre getting a partner on who funds this thing Sure. You know, you know, it's a matter of using our intellectual capital on uh, metallogeny and, and mineral deposit uh, signs, uh, doing that research. Uh, and we use a small amount of our capital that's come from our investors to acquire the mineral rights on prospective looking areas. Uh, we try to bring in the partner company, the, the funder at the earliest possible stage, but very often we're doing the early stage work, uh, sampling soils to give us uh, an indication of the bedrock beneath, using geophysical surveys to image below surface. Uh, but uh, always before the drill testing stage, we brought in a partner uh, because that's where their work gets really expensive. That, okay, that, that that's interesting. So um, you peg it, you, you stake it, then you go and find the partner, and then you they they well presumably they're the ones that put all of the money up for you. They cover your costs entirely. Is that right, or do you have to put some money in the game too, or have you already spent that? 
as far as you're concerned? No, it's very typical in the arrangements we meet with the partners that they're sole funding the exploration work in order over a period of years to earn a majority interest in the project, typically 60 or 70% in that period. But you're talking at the point where a, a drill bit has introduced the equation. You, you've done everything else up until that point. Right. So, for example, uh, uh, people who have invested in Mill Rock, uh, we will use that capital, say it's $150,000 or $200,000 to acquire the mineral rights, uh, develop the initial exploration, get it ready to drill. Uh, but then uh, the, the, the partner company might have to spend six, seven, eight, eight million dollars to earn their interest in the project. Uh, I would point out too, we are often trusted to be the exploration operator. Uh, by the companies that fund the work. And so we actually make uh, a little bit of revenue that way, which helps offset our overhead. And so again, it's a risk mitigation strategy that allows us to stretch out the length of time uh, between equity financings. And so again, trying our best to avoid dilution of our shareholders. Right. And hmm. I would say also to try to develop a strategy that makes us a long-term sustainable, pure exploration company. Okay, that's the bit I want to get to because um, prospect generators, it, it takes a t it takes some time to manifest itself in terms of manifest success. The pure play exploration is starting to move slightly further up the curve for me. So I, I'm, in, I'm intrigued about how we get there. I'll come on to that in a second, but um, let me let me start with um, you. I mean, what, what's your history? What's your track record? What have you, where's the, where's the success and the CV that we can point to? Sure, you know, in my case, uh, I came up through the ranks of uh, Inco Limited, a, a, a very large uh, worldwide global uh, nickel producer that's now uh, part of Vale. Similarly, uh, my partner came up uh, through uh, the ranks of Cominco. Uh, but, um, you know, we started this company 15 years ago now, began trading on the TSX Venture Exchange. And, and so I think we've proven we are actually uh, a sustainable company over that long haul that it takes to uh, discover a mineral deposit in, uh, in early stage exploration. Right. And so, so give me an example of that where you, you, you've done that. Okay. And then more importantly for me as an investor looking and say, how, how do I make money? Because, you know, prospect generators tend to remain at a market cap for a long time, but there are there are there are spinouts and and there's all sorts of ways that can you can monetize it along the way, which are not necessarily reflected in the share price. So can you talk to give me an example of you know how where you have won and where your shareholders have won? Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, I, I think back uh, to 2008, 2009, Millrock share price was quite quite low, and um, the market started to rise. But we made uh, several uh, agreements with uh, earn in partners, so we had three or four exploration projects underway uh, in those years. Uh, there were some interesting discoveries, uh, none that uh, became a deposit or never mind a mineable deposit, but in that rising market with encouraging exploration results, uh, you know, our, our share price increased uh, almost 20 times over a period of 18 months. 
in one of the cases, uh, the project uh, in, uh, resulted in, in, a, in a joint venture between us and a major mining company. And at that point, you know, the uh, we have to start contributing uh, to the project or sell our interest. And, and so we've been able to do those uh, things several times over. In other times, uh, Millrock will make an agreement, say, with another junior mining company and uh, receive as partial payment uh, shares in, in that partner company, which we've been able to monetize from time to time. And again, that allows us to be more sustainable by, by having uh, that revenue that, that uh, allows us to avoid equity financings and dilution of our shareholders. Yeah, and you, you're sitting on a... I think I read something like a million bucks of. Uh, uh, I think it's about a million bucks of shares. Is that right at the moment? What are you sitting on today? Uh, no, no, several several million dollars uh, worth of shares in our portfolio right now. Several million, million being what? Single digit, double digit? So no, several million dollars worth of of shares and other junior companies in our portfolio. You know that we can liquidate if we need to, uh, and or uh, if the there's a strong share price increase. Right, but no, but I'm asking: Are, are you sitting in, in dollar terms? Those shares are worth what? Single digit millions or double digit millions? Oh yeah, no, several million. Uh, it's, it's about three point two million dollars today. Right. Okay. So you got three three point two million of stock, which you can liquidate at, at or near market, um, depending on you know the the liquidity of those companies. Um, sitting today, seven and a half to eight million bucks at market cap. So you're not you're not getting a lot of value for the stuff you're doing. It seems if you're sitting on a bit of cash, you right. you got the stock. But no one's, is it because do you think people don't understand prospect generation or project generation models? Or what do you put that down to? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what to fully attribute uh, everything to right now. Our, our, our share price is low, our market cap is low. And yet uh, in front of us here in, in 2022, we've probably got one of the most active, uh, most exciting exploration years that we've ever had, <clears throat> all of which is completely funded by the earn-in partners. Nothing has to come from Millrock's treasury for all the work that we're going to do this year. So we're exposing our shareholders to all the uh, great share price increase that could come from exploration success, uh, but we're not having to reduce our treasury to do so. Right. Okay. So, okay. So not non dilutory in that sense, but it's it's still a kind of, it comes back to that phrase earlier, like a numbers game. In a sense, like if you have got multiple projects, the chance of one of them coming off, hopefully, is, is, is what you're looking for. Just one is what it would take. It's funded by your partners. So that's 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 good news. But what type of investor would I need to be to get into prospect generator, project generator uh, type company, and what sort of time horizon should I be should I have in my head? Because I'm obviously not going to bet the house on it. I'm not sure you wouldn't advocate that. But nope. if I if I threw threw something at it, am I sitting around waiting, for, sitting back for one, two, three, three years? Is that the mentality I need to have? Uh, very often with prospect generators, I said that that would be a, a true statement. But uh, in the case of Millrock, this is sort of the year. We've been building several years up to 2022. You know, uh, several years ago, we were, to, we were able to, to greatly expand our portfolio of mineral exploration projects because it was a tough time for, for a, lot of, a lot of prospectors. Ground came open and was available. But then it does take uh, several years to develop uh, the story to do the early stage exploration like the, the geochemical and the geophysical 
geophysical surveys, which we've bun, done, but this this is the year. This is the year that the drilling is going to get done. And, you know, every one of those drill holes is a chance for a, a mineral exploration discovery and therefore substantial increase in mill rock share price. So, so normally you, you've got to be a patient uh, investor with prospect generators, but if you're going to invest in one, this would be the year for mill rock. Okay, so you, let, let's let's break that down. So, in terms of the you're you're operating two jurisdictions, right? So, um, how 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 much money are your partners spending in, in each of those? I mean, down in Mexico and up in Alaska, um, how, or how many meters? I mean, however you want to measure it. But I'm trying to understand the sort of scale of that potential upside. Right, sure. Um, here in Alaska. It looks like we've got uh, locked in, uh, budgeted, uh, and already underway uh, roughly uh, 17,000 meters of drilling on three different projects. Uh, the, the the budget is uh, you know roughly uh, U.S. eight million dollars for for that work. So our exploration budget actually exceeds our market capitalization. You know. And what and what are they chasing? They're chasing precious metals, high grade, <clears throat> low grade. What, what, what yeah, in this case in Alaska, uh, all the main projects have gold as their primary target. Uh, which is good. Milrock generally, as a, a company, pursues uh, copper, gold, porphyries. We 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 pursue sedimentary exhalative type deposits, uh, magmatic copper nickel deposits. As big company geologists, uh, originally uh, we know what big companies want. And listen, the end game for us is to sell at a huge profit a discovery we make. We're not a mining company and, and aren't ever going to become one. Our expertise is early stage mineral exploration, but we want to find the, that deposit that, that we can sell for a fortune. So we better be looking for what big companies want as they're the ultimate buyer for any discovery we make. Okay. And down in Mexico, what's happening? Yeah. Well, uh, we've got a porphyry copper uh, project prospect down there, right in the, the heart of uh, uh, the Cananea Caridad uh, uh, <clears throat> district, just south of the Arizona border. Uh, great uh, copper com- com- country, and uh, we've got uh, an Australian partner that's uh, come to an agreement with us to earn into the project. Uh, some geophysical surveys underway soon, uh, with drilling likely to occur late in. in 2022. So again, uh, all kinds of news flow for Millrock. Uh, we'll be uh, releasing uh, uh, drill results almost all, all the way through uh, the, the rest of the year. Okay. And, and again, so do you know what their plan is in terms of that drilling, in terms of meters or, or, or dollars spent? Yeah. And in that case, uh, it's not locked in yet. Uh, so I can't say with certainty, but it's probably going to be you know, a couple thousand uh, meters of core drilling to test a, an exceptionally interesting target that's being developed there beneath cover. Right. Okay. Okay. So 17,000 meters up in Alaska. I mean, that's, that's, that, uh, I hadn't appreciated it was that much. As you say, in comparison to where you, where you sit today, um, and w- what about sort of sitting behind that? Uh, you know, because your your job is to go go and stake these, do do the work you do on, on surface, max max survey, whatever it is that you you do to take it, get the information to be able to have a conversation. So, in terms of bringing JV partners on board, your 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 history suggests, Inco, etc., suggests that you want to find big targets, but 
that's 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 a tougher conversation for you. So what what, what are the what are the projects sitting behind these three projects that are currently going on up in Alaska look like? Um, do you have a kind of blended approach to the types of partners that you want to work with? Um, <coughs> do they need big balance sheets, or is it just a case of you know all drilling is welcome? Yeah, uh, all drilling is welcome. We we always have to have a pipeline of new projects uh, coming along because let's face it, as as I mentioned, uh, early stage exploration is the high risk uh, part of this uh, already risky industry, and so um, we, you know we 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 know that most of the projects are not ultimately going to result in the discovery of an ore body. Uh, and so we always have those new projects coming. We're always generating new ones. And then more importantly, generating the partners that we will invest. Uh, right now, we've got two brand new projects that we developed over the last year. One's a, a, a nickel dominant project, but also with copper, cobalt and uh, platinum group elements. Uh, you know, all the critical strategic metals, battery metal type uh, things. Uh, so and and these, uh, the deposit model is permissive for for gigantic, uh, highly valuable deposits. I have no doubt in my mind that we'll have a new partner on that project this year. It's already generated all kinds of interest. And, and so we'll, we'll make another earning uh, deal on that one and uh, another uh, porphyry copper gold project uh, that's actually very close by. So yeah, always that pipeline's there, uh, but we've got to be able to prove to the potential, the potential for the, or at least the possibility of of that great big discovery. And so that's really our forte. Uh, uh, the forte also is to be able to consolidate that very large land package. Uh, oftenly it, it's a packward, pa patchwork of uh, uh, open ground, small claims held by prospectors, other individual owners. And so we go ahead and make the deals to consolidate the very large land packages that we know uh, uh, big companies uh, really prefer to offer operate on. Okay. And tell me what a deal looks like when it when it kind of falls over and how that affects you, right? So you say you bring a partner and they spend their X dollars on that. They don't find what they want. Do they walk away and hand, hand the keys back to you? In which case you then need to try and, I don't know, create a new narrative around that and then get another partner in? Or do you say, well, actually they're right. This thing's, this thing's dead will just will get rid of it or park it up. I mean, how, how do you go about assessing whether it's going to be valuable to someone, especially yourselves, uh, or do you bin it? Yeah, both, and, and bo both can occur. So we acquire the mineral rights, we we get the partner to start earning in. The typical deal is, is what we call an option deal where they can do several years of exploration, but they can terminate it at any time and return the property back to us. And, and actually it's happened several times where uh, we were able to find a new partner to, to take over. There, there's any number of reasons why uh, an earn-in partner may cease exploration and opt out, uh, whether it's a, a turn in the market or they just don't see uh, the potential, but, but uh, in the eyes of a different beholder, uh, uh, they see the potential. But at other times, uh, you, you know, you have to know when to uh, when to, when to hang it up, and uh, it could be that the earning partner drilled a series of six or eight holes. Uh, 
the the hypothesis uh, was unproven, and so the best thing to do is walk away. Kenny Rogers, right? And I think um, so. In terms of the when you get when you get a deal where the joint venture partner stays and continues to develop, obviously that you know brings a, a level of, I guess, certainty and but also expectation. Um, with it in the marketplace, and it's you know you've been the benefactor benefactor of that. What you said, two thousand eight, you know, um, saw saw that happen, you know, 10, 20 times. Um, you've you've also got to kind of temper the market's excitement a, a, a little bit because it kind of does more damage than good by that excitement period in in a way. But when it does happen, do you have to take it, or can you, or do you take advantage of it by raising additional capital and then getting sort of in control of your own destiny by having the capital to go off and do a bit more of the exploratory side of things yourself rather than the kind of project generation side. I mean, where, where's, the, where's the, sort of, um, the extent of the ambition, as it were? Right. If I understand your question correctly, let's say uh, a project's had success and we get it to the point where uh, the earn-in partners earned a 60% interest, Millrock holds a 40 At that point, uh, we contribute pro-rata to the project. Of course, uh, it's been greatly de-risked uh, at that point. Uh, there's a, a deposit must have been discovered at that point, and now it's a uh, the uh, work is to delineate the extent and and the concentration of, of uh, ore in in that deposit. Uh, at you know, at that point, Millrock may elect to sell its forty percent uh, at a, at a great profit uh, rather than contribute, or we may elect to convert our interest to a royalty that that will pay out uh, over time. There, there's any uh, number of combinations uh, that, that that could result from that. Uh, yeah. Often, we try to negotiate for. Uh, a carried interest. Uh, so if uh, a discovery is going to go all the way to uh, the pro, uh, construction of a mine, you know, something that could cost in the billions, uh, then um, we'll uh, have arranged for the partner major earning company to uh, loan us our 40% interest that they, we, we then pay back uh, out of uh, revenues and profits from, from the mining on operation. Okay. But, uh, yeah, those are good problems to have and try to work our way through once we get there. Yeah, the good, good problem. So it wasn't, it wasn't quite, sorry, the rambling question, but I, I, you've answered a few, a few questions um, uh, along the way there. It was, it was more about how do you take advantage of market conditions? Okay, you wouldn't want, you know, um, off, off the back of success through a, of a partner, you may sort of see a, 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 a rise in share price like you, you did in 2020, right? Like you did in, in 2017, like you did in 2018, right? So the market's up. You go to the market and say, we're going to, we're going to raise some equity because our share price is good. Um, it would be cheaper money than, uh, other, otherwise. Um, and it's really a case of if, if you do take advantage of that situation, um, what do you do with the with the capital, or in the situation you described, where you know you are able to you know sell your forty percent position? Should it get to that that point, you you get some capital. What's the extent of your ambition individually? So you, we're, we're good prospect generators, project generators, early stage exploration, but that's it. That's we know we we know what we are. We don't want to become explorers. We don't want to move along that track. I mean, can you just define where you feel that endpoint is and, and, and why? 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and so uh, our our aspiration, our ultimate aspiration, I think, would be to become uh, a project generating royalty company. And I would point to uh, two uh, that have followed this model and had an exceptional success. One of them being Altius Minerals, the other being EMX Royalty Corporation, which in fact is an investor in, in Milrock. In, in both cases, those companies uh, were like us, uh, good geologists. Uh, working away, doing good work, uh, but then made a discovery that they monetized. Uh, they sold it for, for tens of millions uh, of dollars. And uh, then they took that capital, reinvested, purchased royalties and have established themselves now, now as a very solid royalty companies. So that would be one of the ultimate end games for Milrock. Okay. Okay. So um, Brad Dalton and, and Dave Cole. Um, yeah, good series of capital, but it, it like I say, it just it just takes a while. So it's, I guess it comes back to your answer of you know what type of investor should be looking at you. You you described that and. Right. But, but in both cases, uh, Altius and EMX, and, and hopefully this year with Millrock, uh, those, those initial discoveries uh, resulted in uh, really massive uh, share price increases. I, I think about Altius, you know, it was a 25 cent stock that uh, a couple of years later after their initial discovery was a $25 stock. And so, you know, that's the sort of thing that can happen. It's interesting, you know, uh, some, some uh, investors are critical of our business model. They, they say, oh, you're giving up uh, 60% right up front. But my my response to that is, look, we're, we're looking for gigantic deposits, the porphyry, copper, gold deposits, uh, uh, magmatic, copper, nickel. I mean, uh, these things uh, have uh, in the ground metal value measured in, in uh uh, many billions of dollars. And if we only own 40% uh, of something uh, that, that's worth uh, $10 billion, we've done our job for our shareholders and rewarded them very, very well. Or even an NS- NSR. It's all good. It's all good. Um, yeah. Well, like, Greg, like, I, I appreciate you, um, you know, r- running us through. Sorry, these the oversimplifying it in places, but I think these are the sorts of questions get asked. Of prospect generators, project generators, because people don't see a lot of them, um, and they don't speak to them. Like even as you say, Altis and EMX, you know, they're a long ways from those 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 early humble beginnings, and and, and look at them now. But um, to understand it is important for part of an investing thesis. Appreciate you spending the time on that one. I'm really intrigued to see how this drill program uh, up in Alaska. Uh, turns out that's a lot of meters um, to be drawn, and I guess a lot of press releases to come out. Yeah, that's too. Uh, and and you know, as a geologist, I can tell you uh, they're they're excellent targets. Uh, some of the highest potential targets I've had the opportunity to to drill in my career. And you know, the the odds are always against us in exploration, but I think the odds are pretty darn good on these ones. And uh, you know, we're within sight of uh, existing uh, ore bodies and mines, and uh, that that always uh, increases your chance of success, but the groundwork that's been done so far has really led uh, to, to these very high potential drill targets. So uh, drilling's already underway, like I say, on, on the first project and, and uh, uh, one after the other is going to roll out over the next uh, seven months of the Alaska drilling season and then hopefully uh, uh, down into uh, Sonora State, Mexico. And yeah, it'll take quite a while for all those uh, assay results to roll out, uh, probably well into uh, next year before we'll We'll have the next field season underway. 